Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Loving with Autism. I'm Kate Longazelle, and welcome. Loving with Autism is brought to you by Unipi, a social media and autism dating website. Unipi aims to help those on the spectrum find love, friendship, and everything in between. Our coaching and media will help you find love, friendship, and everything in between. <laughs> it will also help you find your missing piece. Sign up today at unipi.com. That's spelled U-N-E-E-P-I dot com. We've started this because we wanted to take a closer look at love, friendship, and everything in between. Today we have some special guests with us to talk about safety and dating. I'd like to introduce you to Kirsten. Hi. And Lexi. Hi, everyone. And they wanted to share their experience about safety, uh, dating online, um, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit um, about you. Okay, I guess I'll go first. Um, my name is Kirsten. Uh, I am 26. I'm on the autism spectrum. And currently I'm in a long-term stable relationship, but I have definitely dated people before. So I like to think I you know, can maybe give... Advice, maybe I'm qualified, I don't know. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hi. And Lexi? Hi, everyone. I'm Lexi. I'm 26 years old. Um, I am a licensed social worker. Um, I work with an organization called New Frontiers in Learning. Uh, we work with middle school, high school, college students, and post-college students on uh, executive functioning skills, social skills, academic work, career development. Uh, we started a social scene group uh, for individuals who want to learn more about dating, relationships, and learn more about themselves and their independent learning skills. Great. So let's just jump right in here. What are some of the concerns um, that you guys have when you're going out on a date or um, out in a social setting? Well, for one thing, uh, in my experience, both in, in my own experiences and with friends I have on the spectrum and young women I've worked with on the autism spectrum, I find a lot of the things that neurotypical women take for granted, uh, you know, don't come naturally to autistic women. Mm. And these are things that people don't overtly teach and that everyone thinks everyone just gets through osmosis. So, like, I have talked to people men and women both, but especially girls somehow, who didn't know that, you know, Netflix and chill meant something other than actually chill. And, you know, the less direct that if a boy invites you to his house where no one else is home to watch a movie, then, you know, he probably has intentions of, you know, doing stuff with you that, you know, if if, you know, maybe that's a date, like to keep your eyes out for things that are actually subtext that most people don't think of as subtext. Right. Totally. Right. I think that, exactly. I think that that whole, um, uh, Netflix and chill connotation has kind of just like come up to the surface recently. And I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I necessarily know what it full on means. It um, means come over and not watch a movie and um, and hook up. It means, right. you know, yeah, you put a movie exactly. on in the background and then hook up. Okay. <laughs> um, 
which is not necessarily what, you know, watching a movie, someone might think that it is. So yeah, totally. Exactly. Another concern that when I speak to the participants in my group, um, they have mentioned, you know, how to keep a conversation going once they start a conversation, like trying to find the interest seems to be one of the concerns on a date. Um, you know, feeling that they express that they're stuck and don't know what to do next. Um, how to read the situation of approaching a girl or a guy. You know, how do I do that? How do I know if they're interested? Um, so all those concerns come up um, a lot um, when going on first dates and in the social setting as well. Yeah, one of my favorite questions that I get, like I, I, I feel like I've gotten this question at least five times, which over the years feels like a lot to me, where someone will say, okay, well, uh, they'll, they'll run into a situation where someone finally says yes to a date and then they don't know what to do next. Like, oh, oh no, I finally got someone. Now, now what? Like, how do I totally. talk to someone in a romantic context as opposed to just, because even talking in a friendly context is difficult and takes so much focus and effort and skill and okay, that's hard enough. Then what's the difference between hanging out with a friend and then, oh, now you've asked them out. Now you're on a date. What's supposed to be different? Right. The stakes are so much, so much different all of a sudden. I relate to that as an actor, like going to an audition, I can go to like a million auditions and then all of a sudden you get a part and you're like, oh no, what do I do now? You know? Um, so I, and, I have that concern as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, you know, this, everyone's on social media and through texting. So a lot of people are, you know, hiding behind the text messages and learning how to communicate like that when you actually confront and are in front of a person. That social interaction, maybe, you know, learning those cues and being in front of a person and how to communicate those feelings and expressions. Yeah, I definitely know a lot of people on the spectrum who tend to get trapped in online-only relationships mm. because they don't know how to progress it from that stage or because they have so much social anxiety because it's so difficult that they never want to meet in person or like they do want to, but they're so phobic of it or they can be super chatty, be themselves comfortable over like messenger or text and then as soon as they meet in person, they clam up and you know so they think they're great at tinder and then they go on a tinder date and they're like oh never mind i actually suck at this right what going hard going back to those social cues that you were talking about um lexi what are some of those social cues that you think and and kirsten that you think um probably should be understood for safety some social cues that might not um, be obvious um, to people on the spectrum that we should probably address um, now, just off the top of your head? I would say teaching people overtly about the different rituals people use to build intimacy, like anything involving food sharing and especially like alcohol or any sorts of substances, like scale more towards, okay, someone has an intention here. And being able to track like reading intentions from actions. Like if someone is offering you drinks and, you know, maybe after the first drink, if they are offering you more drinks of being able to look out for, is there an intention mm, behind that? Yes. Or they invite you back to their apartment because there's air conditioning there or the drinks are cheaper if they're already in my fridge, whatever, like 
reading, looking deeper for intentions. Totally. And yep, I was just about to say, you know, if someone keeps asking if you want another drink or um, what are their plans after, do they want to continue hanging out? I mean, it's, it's easy to fall for, you know, some of those cues, um, but just being aware, you know, the boundaries as well. Um, if someone's getting too close to you, um, it's important to know, like, like if you're uncomfortable to, you know, move them away, the boundaries and the social cues of um, your personal space. And being okay to ask for it. It's totally okay to ask for person, more personal space or, no, I'm just having one drink tonight or being okay to say those things to the yeah exactly. to the person that you're I with. Felt, and how do they yeah, receive but, you, you know, saying no? Yeah, exactly. I feel like one of the biggest self-advocacy skills that I have developed and that I try to teach other people especially is to be able to state your own intentions and your own needs. So like if you are, you know, going on an experimental Tinder date, uh, and you know, like I have work in the morning, I don't want to get drunk. I don't intend to sleep with this person tonight, like whatever, or like, I'm just testing the waters. I don't know if I like them. That's saying that up front. Like, as soon, like, either over message or as soon as you're talking, just be like, hey, I just want to be up front. I have work tomorrow. I'm going to go back to my place alone. I don't want this to spiral into anything. I just want to hang out and see whether we have anything in common and let's play it by ear. Is that cool with you? And a lot of people will appreciate that. And the people who don't appreciate it are people you shouldn't be on a date with in the first place. Yeah, it also takes the pressure off the situation to the unknown, I think, can be like more feel fearful than just kind of like putting your cards on the deck. Uh, or is that a, an expression? Putting your putting your deck of cards on the table? I said on the deck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, kind of putting it out there. I, I agree with that. I think you should always be upfront with your intentions and then hopefully someone else will reciprocate with their own. Yeah. So what? And I'm, oh, sorry. Oh, I just wanted to throw in quickly yeah. that I know a lot of people on the spectrum have really bad social anxiety because, like, growing up autistic, you are inherently exposed to social trauma all the time. So, like, it can be scary to express your needs or expectations to another person because, like, what if they get upset? That what I do is I like to think of, like, what's the worst case scenario? That like, or what's the most likely worst case scenario? Rather, it's like even if someone gets pissed at you, like you're not a little kid in school, you're not gonna get in trouble or be sent home. Someone's gonna get pissed at you, and you can call a cab, call your best friend. Like, you can say what you need, and if they get mad, like you leave. You don't want to be on that date in the first place. So that's right. okay. They show, they show you their true colors on the first date. Um, if they, you know, they're understanding great if not then it's not worth your time true yeah so what can make you um feel uncomfortable when you're out on a first date with someone or meeting someone for the first time um different things that make you feel uncomfortable oh we we discussed yeah some of that i would i would say the first thing is how do you say hi is it a hug 
is it a handshake? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> you know, like, physical greetings. You know, like the, the ends of eyes, you know, you don't know uh, what to, is it a hug goodbye, is it a hug hello, is it a handshake bye, is it a handshake hello, is it a kiss goodbye, does the date go well? Um, so I think that leading up to the date is the uncomfortable part of, you know, where are they in the bar or the restaurant or where you're meeting them. Uh, are they, you know, you know what they really look like? Hopefully you do. Um, and just recognizing where they are and that first initial hello, if you want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh my God. I totally feel that physical greetings and goodbyes are really hard for me in general, like let alone in a date context. Like everybody always wants to hug or then when they don't want to hug and I'm like going in for a hug to a stranger and like and making like them uncomfortable. Right. And then, like, the goodbyes. I once saluted a guy goodbye on a date because I didn't <laughs> want to hug him, but I was, like, shaking his hand would be rude. So I, like, saluted him, which <laughs> apparently was even worse. Whenever I tell that story to my male friends, they're like, oh, poor guy. Poor guy like, got saluted. But so it's also there's no winning. Of, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> again, like, there's no consequences. I just didn't go I'm on sure a date with I'm sure he'll remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. So speaking of the saluting, like what are some things that you can do to make, you know, the situation as light and fun as possible? I think saluting is totally a way to, you know, if that, if that guy received it in an endearing way, it could have been the start of a whole new conversation and a whole new, you know, relationship. Oh yeah. yeah. Everything, everything is multi-purpose, but like, um, I found that my go-to self-advocacy skill is just trying to say something if I am uncomfortable or bad at something and people usually like it of just like from the get-go and I have friends who have success with this too like with or without diagnoses of like no matter what you know ADHD autism whatever if they like you know on a first date just say like hey I'm sorry uh I have you know sometimes I have problems with social situations where I'll like say or do weird things like if I ever say anything weird that like offends you like please just let me know I think you're cool I don't mean anything by it I'm just a little awkward sometimes like that kind of thing really clears the air and will often a like endear you to the other person and like people people like when you can be vulnerable with them because it feels like you trust them and it makes them want to live up to that trust. So expressing your needs is, you know, always a good thing. And I also think that everyone feels uncomfortable going for the first time on a date with somebody they don't know. It's a very common totally. thing in general. So, you know, I, if we're having those feelings, the other person that we're seeing is having those feelings. And that's yeah. kind of what we discussed in the group as well. Like, um, if you're feeling this, the other person is most likely feeling this as well. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. It's like a universal feeling where you can, if you're like, oh, I'm sorry that like, if you say something awkward or like you make a joke and they don't laugh or whatever, you can always be like, ah, oh, sorry, I'm a little awkward sometimes. First dates are so stressful. Like, right. And the other person, they are going to be nervous too. It's a date. Everyone's nervous. Connection. They can laugh and be like, oh, I know. Right. I didn't know what to wear. Like, I feel so awkward. Like you can kind of bond over it. It's okay to be awkward. Totally. And Lexi, what do you teach the adults in your program who might be nervous, like going on a first date? 
I first normalize their emotions of being nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell them it's everyone feels nervous because it's something new and someone new. And you're starting to let your guard down, and that's okay. Uh, like like Kirsten said, you can't like you can't lose something you never had. So you know these can be practices. You know you, it's it's normal to feel nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go over you know do's and don'ts. We talk about some techniques to come overcome their nervousness before they go, like breathing exercises, um, being confident. Reviewing, you know, reviewing what the girl or guy is into, so that they're, oh, they're going really on the date, knowing what they're interested in. So they're, oh, that's a topic in and itself. Right. That's great. I would agree with that. Just for like me, like when I meet people for the first time, I'm always like, oh right, like what are they, like what happened recently in their lives, or if I haven't seen someone in a long time, I'm like, oh, I want to make sure I ask about this or check in on that. Um, because I can get you know, a, to be a bundle of nerves um, or just like so one track in my own day that I forget to like include the people around me and what's going on and ask them about things in their lives as well. Um, so what are some practices that you employ when messaging someone online? Um, for one thing, uh, in a similar vein to that, prepping for a date, right. if it's an online dating thing, mentioning something that proves you read their profile or paid attention to them is not only a good way of expressing, like, okay, this isn't a copy-pasted message, I care about you as a person, and a conversation starter. Like, I have a friend who, in her profile, includes something about, like... Um, she includes something about really liking dive bars and her favorite openers are always the people who message her like, Hey, my favorite dive bar is this. What's yours? Right. Like shows they read the profile shows they have something in common and like starts a conversation and just like reading over their profile. And if it's like Tinder and there's no profile being like, you know, maybe they have a photo with another person and it can be like, I don't know, maybe is that your sister is a creepy opener. I forget. I said that, but like, so, or a giant like jersey mentioning like, or something. Oh, what, what breed is your dog? I have a dog too. Like right. something that kind of reaches out towards their individuality. I agree with that. Tom, um, my fiance and I met online and I, he was the only date that I went on from online profile. Um, and he opened with like specific things um, about like questions about, things I'd put in my profile and I wrote a lot of things <laughs> so he, he had to read like thoroughly a lot of stuff and I was like proud that he went through um my whole long diatribe but also too less is more I think I think for safety you know when you're first starting to message and talk with people you know um not to be too specific about where you're working or living and um especially when you're first meeting people I think it's okay to say that you're, you know, a waitress, but maybe not give out the exact location and that person is stalking you at work or it becomes, you know, too much too soon. Yeah. And similar angle, like don't bring someone to your apartment on the first date. Exactly. Because then they know where you live. Like what if they turn out to be totally terrible and you don't want to see them again? But like, as for, as for messages, back to the messaging thing, I feel like I found, because um, what you're saying about minimalism also, like, I, 
found like first messages usually that less is more in terms of like don't overwhelm them with a crazy long message but also like play to their profile and their writing style and personality like if someone has a really minimalistic kind of cute profile sending them a short message will probably be better whereas if someone has a really really long like my dating profiles were always like super long really big essay paragraphs and i really preferred (laughs) the longer messages because i liked reading and writing a lot but like my friends who have the more sparse profiles that are straight to the point they want a short message like like my friend with the dive bar. She wants like a, hey, my favorite dive bar is this. Where's yours? Oh, mine's this. Oh, cool. I've never been there. Want to go this Friday? Sure. What's your number? Okay. Whereas I would be like writing essays back and forth with people. Right. Well, yes, it's important. That's, that's, I, we spoke about that actually a couple of weeks ago uh, about what to include in the profile and how to start messaging on online dating. And oh, a lot cool. Of a lot of the participants were confused of saying what well, we just don't have to say hi. Um, so we went over, we go over what to include in your profile, what profile pictures um, to include, um, and to talk about looking at each profile and picking out some things that you can start a conversation with. Uh, so that's something that we go over and the participants are really open to it because they're wondering why haven't I gotten a date yet? What do I have, like, what do I say? So it's interesting to see how it's, it's then becomes easier when you find that interest or something on that profile right. uh, to be able to connect with. And for safety's sake, you know, yes. I think in communication and getting to know people and finding something in their profile in the same, on the, on the other side of the coin, you don't want to put so many things in your profile, you know, just things off the top of, uh, of the list here, mother's maiden name, you know, things like a social security number, your actual phone number. These are things like birth date, you know, things that, um, could, could in the hands of the wrong person, you know, be a way for someone to retrieve a password from you or get way too much information with you and people could take advantage of you. So, um, you know, it's hard to put yourself out there. It's even harder too when, you know, other people's intention isn't the same as yours. So, and that brings, yeah, that brings up that one of the safety dating is if someone's messaging you on the online platform and they're asking to, for you to send pictures, mm. if they're send, asking you to send naked photos or photos of your family, totally. You know, just be careful because their intentions are going to be different than your intentions. And once you're pictured on the internet, it is there forever. Uh, so you have to be careful what you say and what you do. And there are people out there that do that. So just be prepared and knowledgeable that if someone's asking you that, you know, it's not trying to, if they're trying to get to know you in a different way. Right. Yeah. And, and like rule of thumb to like never send naked photos to someone you don't know. And in general, never send naked photos with anything identifiable in them. Even if it's like your, just you know, never do it. Actual girlfriend or boyfriend. Like yep. don't, don't include stuff that if your mom saw it, she knew she would know it was you is my rule of thumb. Like right. be, be a little, and same with dating profiles of like most of the dating sites I've seen have decent privacy protections, but still, they're not perfect. 
like, try to make a profile that if someone who knows you Googled you, they would not find your dating profile. Like, if, you're, if your coworkers Google your dating profile or, like, Google you, maybe try to have your profile not come up. And if it does, like, don't answer all those really, really personal sex questions on OkCupid. Because, right. like, they can get pretty intense sometimes, and people who know you might eventually find your profile. That's pretty common. <laughs> Exactly. And just be wary of things that like correspondence across the board with sending pictures and sending links, even if it has a familiar URL, like Facebook, YouTube, etc. It might be a way to also access your personal information, unless you're far enough along where you have developed trust with this person who's sending you the link. You know, I wouldn't trust a link sent by somebody straight off the bat. Or, you know, advertisements for different things. Just people are not as well-intentioned as you might be. You know, you're looking for love and someone's looking for, for you know, something else. It's, it's so sad, too, because, like, dating in general is such a um, vulnerable experience <laughs> that, like, you're already, you know, in this place where you're vulnerable and you're sharing things about yourself, you know, to be taken advantage of that way is just, um, absolutely completely hurtful. Um, any other like safety dating tips that you guys want to share about Um, messaging and yeah, actually that all the kinds of safeguards that you would be monitoring, keep those up. Even if it's someone, you know, most of the times that people are victimized in like romantic or especially sexual ways, it's someone that they already know and trust. Like if you are on a date with one of your friends or you are hanging out alone at a friend's apartment who is like keeps offering you drinks. And if, if, if someone you trust is doing behaviors that if it was a date, you would find sketchy. Like, keep that red flag in mind. Mm, that's like, so true. Because, you know, even if you trust someone, like, especially the signals that are those kinds of subtle, like, like being invited to someone's house for Netflix and chill. But, oh, it's my platonic male friend. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, he's offering me drinks, but he's my friend. That doesn't mean anything. Or Whereas share accepting a cab those types of signals are often seen by neurotypicals you. as that you know what their intentions are and you are accepting because it's a you know subtle kind of thing. So someone might be pursuing you and think that you realize it, but that's the kind of thing that is less obvious because if you're not thinking of it as a date, you might not be keeping those safeguards up right exactly and things like you know if someone wants to share a cab with you and they have to find out your address first or can I come in just to use the bathroom these certain kind of languages from a friend you might think oh yeah let me let him upstairs to use my bathroom and you know you've put yourself in the situation where now the door is closed he's there you know and yeah, like if your if your coworker who you don't know that well offers you a ride home and then asks to come see your apartment, like that's the kind of thing that if you think of oh if a Tinder date did this I would feel uncomfortable, then you're still allowed to say no. Right. Right. 
Lexi, what would you recommend uh, to people who are going on a first date with someone they, they hardly know? What would you tell someone who felt nervous, scared going on a first date with someone? How would you help them feel confident to go on that date? Um, I would first tell them to let their friends know where they're going and what the mm-hmm. person's name is. Uh, it's always important for your friends or your family or someone to know where you're going right. to make sure that you know if something does happen, someone knows where you are. I would tell my participants and individuals I work with, you're, you got the date. Be confident. Be yourself. One of the hard parts is over, you know, getting to that, that, that first date. So be yourself. Be confident. Talk about things that interest you, but also the other individual. And you have nothing to lose. You're probably as nervous as they are, and it's just an opportunity to meet somebody else. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Other opportunities are there. All you can do is really be yourself. Great. I love that. And some helpful tips that we've, we've heard so many helpful tips um, from this um, podcast tonight. Um, But here are some other helpful tips that we suggest for your safety when dating. Watch how much you drink, both men and women. Um, Set a, set a limit in your own head before going out and try to keep to that number of drinks that you feel most yourself at without being too altered. If you leave your drink unattended, get a new drink, no matter for how long you were gone, just for the bathroom, start fresh with a new drink. Know how to get home and know how you're leaving before you go out. Don't let the other person drive you home or know your address. Lexi and Kirsten, do you have any more tips, tricks of the trade that you think are important? I would say meet at a public place. Mm. A lot of, you know, movies on a first date, not really ideal because you really don't get to know the person. Right. So be in a public place, a restaurant, a bowling. Bowling's so great. It is, it's great. It's a really, we do that in our group, actually. We go bowling, we go to a comedy club is a good one. Uh, Dave and Buster, who's anything oh. that's fun and outgoing and interesting. It's being around a lot of people on your first date is a good idea. Yeah. And yeah, I, I second that. Activity-centered dates are mm-hmm. really good if you're nervous. Like mini golf, bowling, those, you know, barcades are mm-hmm. perfect and very normal but Batting also activity pages. centered anything that's both public and also like if you're nervous about at a restaurant just having to talk and what if you don't know what to say choose something that centers around an activity great thank you guys so much we know dating can be rough but we're here to help so we hope we've given you a couple helpful tips to date safety safely please check out unipi.com for more tips and tricks about dating and safety when dating and make sure to follow loving with autism on social media um and we'd love to hear from you so leave us a comment on sound soundcloud and check us out on itunes under loving with autism we hope you enjoyed and we're so thankful that you joined us we'd like to thank our content writer mike jude and our guests kirsten and lexi thank you guys so much i'm kate longazelle And thank you for joining us.